all the video you need in one convenient solution. QuickFrame by Mountain is the premier video creation platform that delivers high-performing content designed for every channel, audience, or objective. Through a diverse network of production companies hungry to bring your vision to life and a technology platform that connects your brand with the perfect creative collaborators, their approach has hacked the traditional production process, helping their customers create more video content than ever before. Don't you want that too? Visit quickframe.com to find out how. Welcome to Great Minds, and our guest today is an old pal of ours. We are thrilled to have you here, Dan. Dan Robbins is the VP of Marketing for Roku. Uh, they are a big, big part of what makes Advertising Week what it is every year. We are thrilled to be partnering, Dan, with you and your splendid team once again. Uh, so first and foremost, thank you for that ongoing partnership. And uh, I think, Dan, we sort of genuinely like each other. We, we got to know each other when you reached out after Advertising Week a few years ago and said, hey, why don't you and I sit and have a cup of coffee and have breakfast? And we did. And I think it was a really nice gesture that you made, which I appreciated. And I think we actually like each other, Dan. I would say so. And I'm excited to be here, Matt. Thank you for having me. Fabulous. So, Dan, I, I want to start by uh, talking about what you're doing now as an adjunct professor at Cornell. Um, I know that that's a place that's near and dear to you. I've gotten to spend some time up in that part of New York State, up in Ithaca. It's a beautiful, beautiful, special part of New York. And Cornell is one of the great universities in our country. I'd love to talk about that evolution from being there on one side of the classroom to the other side in a relatively short period of time. You graduated, give or take, 10 some odd years ago. So it's not a very long period of time to cross the aisle uh, on become a professor. And I'd love to talk about that journey and how special that must be for you to be teaching as an adjunct professor at Cornell. It's been really exciting. Last spring, uh, so spring of 2021, I taught a course in the Johnson School of Business at Cornell on the economics of advertising which is near and dear to my heart. And it was a course that really looked at advertising as a marketplace. So how does it come together as an economic market? What are the buying and selling influences? How can you think about it as a broader economic construct? And it was just a tremendous experience. And I think what's always most exciting about working with young people is getting a fresh perspective and new ideas. And it was certainly really energizing to hear perspective of people in their early 20s and where they think the market is going. And in 10 years time since you graduated, an awful lot has happened in the industry. If you were going back and, and we were Dan the student versus Dan the professor, what would you say the biggest changes have been in that period of time? I think in many ways, the changes have just accelerated and we see things moving towards digital, moving towards commerce, moving towards creators and marketplaces. And for any young person now, there's tremendous opportunity in not only our industry, but in marketing and entertainment and technology to think about what a future looks like. And I think 
for the most part, young people today really grasp that opportunity. I, I think yeah, it was a great answer and I couldn't agree more with you. You also, uh, going back uh, a bit, spent some time abroad in a beautiful little town that's one of the great university towns that's known as the home of golf, but is also a fantastic university town in St. Andrews. That must have been a very special period of time. I did do some time studying abroad at St. Andrews, which is in Scotland. For those who aren't familiar, it's on the eastern coast right on the north sea and it is one of the homes of golf i actually had never golfed really when i got there and so that in and of itself was an education and it was a lot of fun because anytime somebody canceled their tea time students had the opportunity to pick up that slot and so i got really a, a, as good an education you could get in golf but also i studied history in college and St. Andrews has been around since the 15th century. And so it was also a really, really great place to learn about medieval history and American foreign policy from a European perspective. So I really enjoyed the time there. Yeah, it's a magical place. And I think, you know, one of the things that I worry is lost right now is that global perspective. You know, so much of American politics now is looking inward. And the reality, as you know, as someone who's traveled, um, is that we are part of a, we're a global citizen, uh, to use the uh, recent Central Park event terminology as a metaphor. Um, and I, I think an experience like that has got to be invaluable seeing things from the other side of the Atlantic. And most businesses are global too, that, to think about the global consumer, which is not just the American consumer. And in our world of marketing and media and entertainment, a lot of ideas, influences, uh, new trends come from outside of the U.S. first and then come here. And I think it, you're right, Matt, that that's an essential part of being a citizen working in our industry and, um, you know, just where our market is going more broadly. Absolutely. And uh, jumping ahead, Dan, you had a great, great run at Nielsen and uh, the whole genre of measurement and in particular cross-screen measurement is really entering uh, halcyon days as a priority for the industry to figure out. I think it's still a huge delta uh, as to what we're trying to get to and where we are, but a big, big topic of conversation will be a big topic at Advertising Week coming up. Talk about that tenure as sort of a foundation for what you're doing now at Roku on the marketing side working at Nielsen and client solutions and helping to manage and develop their digital solutions for clients across the board. What a great use of Halcyon, Matt. You get extra points for that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so I started my career in data analytics and in research and became a marketer in many ways by accident. And when I spent my time at Nielsen, it was working across a whole bunch of different worlds, local television, content and programming research, digital measurement, tech development. And I think what's interesting now about the field of advertising and marketing is that it is more driven by measurement, by analytics, and by research than perhaps ever before because of the access to data and to attribution that didn't exist perhaps just five or 10 years ago. And I think you're absolutely right, Matt, that this is at the forefront of our industry right now because particularly in this economic moment, it is vital that all marketers can show return on advertising spend. 
And I feel very fortunate that in my time at Nielsen, I got to really go deep in that area before moving into marketing, which is not always the way that I think a lot of marketers come into their roles. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. It is an unusual path, but in many respects, it really gave you sort of an under the hood knowledge about how the car works. And I've got to think as a marketer that that's very useful knowledge to have. Yes, a nerd at heart. A nerd at heart. All right. I don't know. I don't know if I would have said that, but okay. I'll, uh, I, I can't, I can't fight you, Dan. I can just mildly disagree. Um, so let's talk about your growth path. Um, and where we are now at Roku. Roku is one of the companies that's really defining not only where we are, but where we're going. Um, as I disclosed to you in our big breakfast, uh, three or four years ago, we're a very big Roku house. Uh, and uh, my house is full of TCL televisions with built-in Roku. Uh, we love them. When Grandma Vicky, there's no higher standard in my house than Grandma Vicky. When she needed a new television, it was a no-brainer to get her a TCL uh, with Roku built-in. Talk about your growth path there. You've risen up the ladder pretty quickly, Dan, and it's an impressive rise, one that's been well-earned, um, but talk about the journey, how you first got to Roku from Nielsen, because I don't think I know that story. Well, I'm really glad that Grandma Vicky is Roku approved. And in all seriousness, that is something we think about is can all consumers figure out how to use our products and to enjoy streaming? So it's exciting to hear that we have passed the, the test of one. Um, I have been at Roku now for about six years and joined from Nielsen working in measurement analytics and helping Roku to launch its advertising business at the time. For those who aren't familiar, I'll share just a bit about Roku, which is that our mission is to build better TV for everyone. And that started about a decade or more ago by creating hardware devices, streaming players that plugged into your television and allowed you to stream entertainment, movies and TV right over the internet. We then expanded into smart TVs where we license our operating system out to about a dozen TV manufacturers that take all the benefits of that software and put it right in the TV. And then from there, we launched our audio business, bringing great sound to the overall entertainment in your home, and then have also launched a services business, which includes advertising, helping marketers take traditional TV advertising or digital advertising and putting it into streaming and with our content partners so that they can acquire new subscriptions and new streamers, engage them and keep them coming back. Today, Roku is America's number one TV streaming platform. We're the number one uh, overall platform in the US, in Canada and Mexico. We operate in more than a dozen other countries as well. And our focus has really been on connecting the ecosystem, bringing together marketers and content owners and the consumer for ease and choice, convenience and value. And that's always been our hallmark. And so coming back to Grandma Vicky, it, it's uh, exciting to hear it come to fruition. In, in terms of just sort of my you know, role here, I've started again in measurement and analytics and then moved a bit into our content and our programming research world. So helping to take some of those same insights and analytics uh, kind of skill sets and bring them into what was at the time the launch of the Roku channel, which is actually our owned and operated streaming service. 
where you can find free and premium movies and television right at the, the click of a button. And it's now a top five service on our platform. And then from there and working and programming and content, I moved actually back into the marketing world and now lead our marketing team for advertising, our uh, brand studio, as well as our analytics and measurement functions for marketing. And so it's been a, uh, a, 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 it feels like a whole career within six years, but it's been really exciting. And again, it's been exciting to your point, to be at the forefront of a shift to a world where all TV will be streamed. Yeah, it's a great, great story and incredibly well-earned, referring both to you and to the growth of the company. But let's dig a little deeper because you said a few things that that we should not let, uh, not just gloss over, if you will. I don't think most folks understand how big a player Roku is. Uh, let's talk about where you fit in the ecosystem because you're sort of scoring at, you know, in a great year, you know, Tom Brady level number of touchdown passes. I'm not sure everybody knows that story, Dan. Yeah. I'm I'm not a Tom Brady fan, just (laughs) for the record. As a New Yorker, me neither, but I appreciate the analogy. And Roku's now in more than 60 million active accounts or homes And what's interesting about that is our sole focus has been television and streaming and entertainment more broadly. And so over the last decade, we've woke up just thinking about how can we make streaming TV as easy, as convenient, and as valuable as possible. And what's interesting about our audience is that it largely represents the countries where we operate. So in the U.S., our demographic base largely represents uh, the U.S. by age, by income, and so forth. And as a result, it's really a, um, I would say it's a platform that appeals to a broad cross-section of people. And that's maybe different than a lot of other platforms out there. It's also a platform that uh, really caters to cord cutters and cordless homes. About two-thirds of our audience doesn't have traditional pay TV cable or satellite. And a lot of this has all been grown on the broader shift to TV streaming, where when you look at what's happened in entertainment, the consumer has said, one, there's all of these options and services that I've never had before. Two, the cable bundle has gotten more expensive. And three, I really want choice. And so all of that has really been a contributed driver to our uh, growth over the last several years. Where were we benchmarking where streaming is today versus where it was when you started six years ago? Where were we and where are we? It has come a huge way. So even just six years ago, about half of the U.S., for instance, had some sort of streaming device on their television. Today, that's about 80 to 90 percent, all in the span of just a few years. Amazing story. So let's talk about that strategic decision that has given you such a huge point of differentiation. And that's embedding, I'm not sure that's the right word, Dan, but uh, embedding Roku into hardware. There's a huge move for us about a little more than five years ago. And what it was really was born of is uh, the realization that all TV would be streamed and that simplicity is incredibly important. And so to be able to turn on your TV, 
have all the benefits of streaming built in with one remote that's simple and easy to use. That was a big aha moment for us. And to see that when you look at other forms of technology, there's generally an operating system that is purpose built for the use case. And so what I mean by that is when computers launched, you had Windows and Mac really come to the fore as purpose built systems for computers. And then when phones launched, you had a purpose-built operating system in iOS and Android for mobile. Television operates much the same way, a purpose-built operating system that's designed from the ground up for entertainment. And that has really been our focus is that we built this operating system that is designed first and foremost for TV. It wasn't ported over or retrofitted from another device. And that's given us a real advantage. It sure has. And, and uh, where I have to give you just such tremendous credit is whether it's the TCL televisions where everything is that we have in our home is built in or whether it's through the Roku stick, the ease of use is tremendous. And, you know, uh, I'm a little younger than Grandma Vicky, but not much. And, and I get it. I, I think a lot of this stuff in my mind today is built and designed by and for folks whose age is, starts with a two, three, or four, um, you know, a five sniff and a six. But I get it too, and uh, I give you a tremendous credit for that because a lot of people get that wrong. And it's really important in any marketing to make things accessible, to make them easy, uh, to make them attractive for not just the power users, but for the new users too. And that has certainly been a focus for us. Great. And I love that all this really starts on that foundation for you going back to measurement and, and hardcore research. Um, what, what a great foundation. So your team and what you lead at Roku is pretty broad, Dan. You've got a, a, an awfully big portfolio. Talk about how you allocate your time. You're leading work around the brand content studio. You've also moved into originals re recently, which is a whole another area, in some cases, some very high profile original content coming out of Roku. Talk about how you divide your time. It certainly varies week to week. I think the you know most important thing, and it's really a testament to the team, is that we've got just a awesome rock star group of leaders across those business units who really think about how to do something that has never really been done before, which is build for this world where all TV will be streamed. So I, I first and foremost feel very fortunate to have um, such a strong group of peers and partners in helping to think about where we're going because it's certainly not just about where I spend my time. But I think one of the things that's exciting is about the way those all come together. So if you take something like our Roku brand studio that has a mission for uh, entertainment that allows a marketer to win the entire streamer's journey. So not just a 15 and 30 second TV spot, but the ability to become part of content discovery. So for instance, we launched a show a year ago called Roku Recommends, which is a 15 minute weekly series hosted by Maria Menunos and Andrew Hawk Hawkins. And it's all about finding the top five new shows, hidden gems on our platform, making it really easy for a consumer to say, oh, I didn't know that was launching and now I know exactly how to get there. And for a brand to be part of that is a whole new way to think about television advertising. 
that actually ties into measurement because it's not just about getting the splashy real estate or branding. It's also about being able to see how something like that can then drive new reach for you, change an opinion about your brand, get folks into store or buying things off the shelf. And so actually all of these things sort of come together, which is a long-winded way of saying what I really love about my job is the ability to think about all of those different things and the way they actually come together and work better together. Yeah, no, very well said. It's sort of like a digital Lego for the modern era and the television as it is today. That That's really exciting stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's cool to see it all come together. The other thing, Matt, that you mentioned were originals. And just to share a bit more about that is, you know, I had mentioned earlier, we launched the Roku channel a little more than five years ago. And what was really interesting about the Roku channel was that it was born off this consumer insight, which is that the number one searched for term on Roku.com was free. So it wasn't Spider-Man or Game of Thrones or uh, Yellowstone. It was actually consumers looking for free ad-supported television that they could watch with no signups, no strings attached, no subscription. And as a result, we launched the Roku channel to try to fill that consumer need. And it started with licensing movies and television from studios. And then it expanded to live TV, where there are now more than 300 channels that you can tune into 24-7 across an array of different genres. It expanded to kids and family zones and Spanish language content. And then most recently, it expanded to originals, where we acquired Quibi's library and used that as a way to launch our originals business. And we've got a, coming into advertising week, a really exciting title coming out uh, called Weird, which is a biopic about Weird Al Yankovic, starring Daniel Radcliffe, Quinta Brunson, Evan Rachel Wood. But what's maybe a little bit different about that is it's going to be entirely free with no signup. So it'll be right off your Roku home screen. You can click and stream. And that's really exciting because it's a little bit different. It's not um, the same as what exists when you want to watch a new streaming original or movie today. And all of that has led really to success for the Roku channel as a top five streaming service on our platform. And one that continues to expand for all the reasons we've been talking about, which is ease and value and simplicity. So the uh, Al Yankovic project has gotten a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the stories is, oh, and by the way, it's Roku that's the producer here. Mm -hmm. Talk about that journey and comments on the competitive landscape and consumer, I'll call it confusion, I'll call it fatigue, on trying to figure out what's on and where. Yeah, I think there's actually two interesting points in there, Matt. The first is consumers trying to figure out what to watch, which is a bit of an age-old question going back to the TV guide that we all grew up with that told you what was on, what channel, at what time. We put a ton of effort in our consumer group in thinking about the ways big and small that we can help somebody figure out what to watch. We launched a sports zone, for instance, that pulls together all of the games that are happening on the platform as a way to make it easy to find what to watch. We have a really robust search feature where you can actually use voice search 
to look up any actor or title or streaming channel. And we're constantly thinking of ways to bring content and marketers to the fore of our platform to make content discovery easy and delightful. The second piece of that about you know Roku being an original content, I think the key for us has been finding stories that fit our user base, which again, really represents in the US America and finding stories and shows and titles that are going to uh, speak to an audience that wants free ad supported streaming. And so it's not just weird with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. We've got a series of shows with Emerald and with Martha Stewart focused on lifestyle. We recently announced um, that the American version of Great British Bake Off will be coming to the Roku channel along with a library of the original Great British Baking Show, but all for free with ads. And we've had some really early success with some of the shows over the last couple of years, um, Emmy nominated programming and really star talent like Kevin Hart and Zoe Lister-Jones and Jessica Alba and more. So it's still very early days for us, but I think you're absolutely right that uh, it's a bit of a shift for the industry to say, okay, Roku is now both a hardware player and a software player, an ads company and an entertainment company. It's a great growth story. Let's talk about some of the successes you're having with partners on the ad side of the business. Mm -hmm. You're delivering big results for your partners. That's coming out of your group also. Let's talk about that evolution and some of the stuff that's happening there with some of your brand partners. What's most interesting about TV streaming for advertisers is that in many ways it marries the best of the digital world, all of the personalization and attribution that you'd expect from social advertising or digital advertising, but with the branding power of the largest screen in the home. And that's a pretty potent mix that hasn't really existed up to this point. And it means that you can deliver an ad that speaks to a specific home, you're not spraying and praying on television, and you can really see results. What's been exciting, I think, as we've worked with marketers has been uh, a, a couple key things. And we now, nine and 10 of the Ad Age 200 brands have advertised on the Roku platform. And I think what's most exciting is it actually allows for a lot of different marketing goals. So on the one hand, there are brands that are saying, look, I know that traditional TV is getting older, it's getting smaller. And so I want to just reach younger, more diverse consumers in streaming. And that is certainly an opportunity. The second thing has been brands that are really performance focused who are saying, look, I want to uh, run an ad and really understand if it's actually getting people to download my app, visit my website, move product off the shelf. And we've got direct to consumer and small, medium-sized businesses who are doing just that. And then I think the third thing that's really interesting has been the way we help entertainment companies in this really big shift to a world where all TV will be streamed. A great recent example of that was working with Warner Brothers Discovery and HBO on the launch of House of the Dragon, where it wasn't just about releasing a show, but using streaming as a way to build a huge tune-in experience that wouldn't have existed in traditional TV. And so what was actually a part of that it included a takeover of the Roku home screen that was themed around Game of Thrones. 
It included a special zone that allowed you to learn more about what was going on in the series. Our brand studio produced a show called Roku Rundown that was about 20 minutes and gave you a everything you need to go to get back up to speed in Game of Thrones and went actually on site in San Diego to Comic-Con to go deep into the making of House of the Dragon. Of which is to say, it's a really exciting marketing toolkit that just hasn't existed before. And it exists across big brands, smaller performance advertisers and entertainment companies. That's great. And I love how you just call it out exactly what it is so simply, but it's true. It's the largest screen in the house. And that's got to have a level of potency uh, that is completely unique to the medium of television and to, as you said, that Roku toolkit. Yeah. And when you think back, you know, um, in the 20th century, a lot of the largest brands were built on the back of television, the Cokes and Colgates and the Doves and Downies. And it was because there was sight and sound in motion. It's full screen and it's not skippable. And all of that really built a lasting brand. Now there's opportunity to continue to do that, but also go farther. And that's what, what excites me most about the opportunity ahead in a world where all TV is streamed. Let's talk about that promise of technology and where some of this is going. And I want to dig deeper into that all TV is going to be streamed statement because that's a very big statement. Let's talk about the shift and evolution towards moving from awareness to action and where Roku fits in the whole evolution of the space as it relates to e-commerce. Commerce has been a big focus for us, in part because when you look at where advertising is going, it's not just about performance, but it's also now about shopping. And so we have a mission to make shopping on TV as easy as it is on social. And it started with the launch of shoppable ads on our platform. We recently announced a partnership with Walmart, bringing together America's number one TV streaming platform and the world's largest retailer to allow consumers to see an ad for a product, click OK on their Roku remote, and automatically have their order confirmed with an email receipt in their inbox. That's really exciting because you're going from just a few clicks from seeing an ad to actually having Walmart ship the product to your front door in a way that wouldn't have been possible before. And our vision here is that you know it's, it's going to take a lot of experimentation and it's still very much early days. But there's a world not only where all TV will be streamed and all TV ads will be streamed, but also all TV ads will be performant and commerce driven. That's amazing. Uh, do you think we can really get there? I mean, I, I guess if we can see it happening on social platforms and I fall victim to the occasional purchase, which does not work out, I would say I'm about 50-50 in terms of those types of purchases off, off the phone that do work and those that don't work. You know, where, the, where you get the shirt that's an XL and it's really a small. Um, but talk about that evolution and journey and how fast do you think we're going to get there? And will it be even better on television than it is on the mobile? I think it's certainly the beginning of the journey for us. And so that starts with testing what sort of products, messages, calls to action work well. And so for instance, we've learned things like uh, actually being able to add to cart with the okay on the remote is 
far better than using a QR code because you don't have to take out your phone, take the photo, link to another device. We've seen that ads that have an explicit call to action in the creative to say, hey, you can add this to your cart, perform better. And certain types of products seem to be more predisposed to shopping on the TV screen. All of these are things we're learning through, through testing. And I don't think we'll be in a world tomorrow where most products are bought from the TV screen, but this is a vision for us. And what's exciting is it gives marketers another avenue to test, to figure out what a future of direct-to-consumer commerce looks like. It's a fantastic evolution. Let's talk about that statement about all TV is going to be streamed. I'm a streamed house. We got rid of cable. We were, uh, for many years, a Cablevision house. Then we were a Fios house. And we got rid of it. Uh, and uh, it's Roku in the living room off a stick. And it's TCLs everywhere else in the house built in. I think everybody in my house is pretty happy about it. I haven't heard any regret, regrets. And I think the miracle of the Roku remote that it becomes that one stop shopping device for everything that you're doing in such a tiny little package is, is an absolute miracle. Talk about that statement. And uh, that's pretty compelling. And I would not want to be sitting in the cable company shoes, or those that still have satellite TV, their shoes either. Let's talk about that. So the mission or the vision rather that all TV will be streamed started with our founder and CEO, Anthony Wood, years ago. And I think at the time, a lot of folks thought that that seemed out there or aspirational. And over time, it's become more and more a reality. Where you look at where we are now, about uh, coming on half of the US, roughly, doesn't have traditional pay TV that used to be closer to 80 or 90% in the heyday of cable television. Younger people are more likely to look at streaming first when they're on the TV screen. And the two big bastions of traditional TV are sports and news. And both of those over the last couple of years have really started to shift towards streaming, whether that's the MLS going exclusively to streaming or Thursday night football going exclusively to streaming. We're starting to see some of those last holds in traditional TV move over. And so over time, we're going to move to this world where everything will be delivered over the internet because it can be, for all the reasons we've talked about, personalized and it can be responsive and it's a two-way connection with the consumer. And I think it's really exciting because for everybody involved, it gives an opportunity to rethink what some of these things look like in the 21st century and in the streaming decade ahead. Amazing. You think what's happening with sports with Amazon on Thursdays, that's just the beginning. You know, look, it's the first of the big sports leagues in the U.S. that has taken one of their marquee slots, again, the NFL on Thursday night, and moved it not just in part to streaming, but fully to streaming. And I think what we'll see from the experience and from the audience and so forth, we'll probably learn a lot over the next year, but I don't think the cat is going back in the bag. And that shift to streaming is going to continue to accelerate because that's where the consumer is. And the consumer is always going to favor ease and choice and convenience. And 
for us marketers and for entertainment companies, we have to meet the consumer where they're going to be. And I think for the leagues, they're seeing awfully big dollar signs here. And new partners and new opportunities, all of which is really exciting. Yeah. What's your take on, um, as a guy who's grounded in measurement and analytics, and I think this is true, I don't know that it's true, but I think it's true, that when Netflix announced they were going to go into the an ad-supported model and hired some pretty good people that we know to run the business, they made some great hires, I think, there was something in there in the press, Dan, about, and there'll be no third-party verification of their data. And that made my eyebrow go up. Did you hear that? Uh, and, and if it's true, what would your take be on that? Well, I, I can't speak to Netflix specifically, but what I can say is that for all advertising and TV streaming in particular, that value proposition we've talked about is measurement. And so that means understanding who you're reaching, understanding if you're changing opinion and if you're moving product off the shelf. And all of the large platforms, whether it's Roku or otherwise, have started to figure out how to actually bring the best of digital measurement onto the TV screen. And I would expect that, you know, we're going to move into a world, whether it's TV ratings or it's true marketing attribution, that that's, that's table stakes. And for us, we've invested a lot from the beginning in measurement and attribution. It started back in 2015 when Roku became the first streaming platform to integrate with Nielsen to provide advertising ratings, just like you'd get on traditional TV. And it's since expanded to a measurement partner program that includes more than 20 different providers. We do market mix modeling with our advertising partners, help them understand A-B testing. And so it's gotten really advanced. And again, I think that's the, the table stakes at this point. You know, I agree with you. And, and to your credit, Roku is really a leader there uh, in so many ways. And uh, that transparency and providing that level of detail that the medium allows for so vitally important. And, and I think getting this right is going to be really important for the industry overall. Yeah, I, I think it is absolutely important. And, you know, if, without it, it's sort of like driving a uh, Ferrari, but not using the whole engine. You know, you, you really want to make the most of the platform as designed. Absolutely. Great. So, uh, Dan, let's talk a little bit about Advertising Week. You guys yes. are big, big players. Uh, uh, I asked Sarah, is there anything you want me to touch on? And she said, Advertising Week. I said, oh, I probably should have thought of that and had not. Uh, <laughs> so let, let's talk about what you guys have cooked up. Uh, coming up in mid-October down in the Lower East Side at Market Line? Well, first off, I'll say we are very excited to be returning to Advertising Week. We're excited that it's at the Market Line in the Lower East Side. I can think of few places that are more New York than having Advertising Week in that neighborhood. And for us, we're excited about a few things. One, we will be leading the streaming track, and we will be presenting the virtual experience streaming brought to you by Roku on the Advertising Week website. We've got a whole bunch of discussions really going deeper in all the things that we discussed here. And so that we're really excited for bringing our partners on stage to talk about where the industry is going. And then it also is going to time around two big launches for us. Uh, the first with our Roku brand studio and uh, Jägermeister have produced a series called The Lesbian Bar Project that will be airing free on Roku 
really celebrating the 20 or so lesbian bars in the U.S. And Weird, that biopic on Weird Al Yankovic with Daniel Radcliffe, will premiere shortly after Advertising Week by about a week or two. And so Advertising Week will be a big opportunity for us to celebrate that launch as well. Absolutely terrific. Uh, will you have the good Roku coffee? Because that fueled me last fall at Hudson Yards. There will absolutely be purple. Okay. Okay. Well, Dan, thanks so much for doing this. An absolute pleasure to get to dig a little bit deeper on your path and uh, Roku's journey, uh, which is completely unique in the space. And I don't know that there's anybody doing as many things as Roku does and doing them all well as you are. Um, and that's reflective of the vision of the founder, which in retrospect was dead on target. Um, and as you said, not only to your leadership, but to that of a great team. Um, and it's our privilege to get to partner with you and to continue to help uh, fuel your growth and in turn the growth of the industry. Uh, so thanks so much for doing this. It was great to have you on Great Minds and I really appreciate the chance to dig a little deeper with you, Dan, in a different forum. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate being here. Creating videos has traditionally been expensive and time-consuming, but that's not how QuickFrame by Mountain does things. They've streamlined production to deliver a faster, more efficient way to produce videos at scale. Their platform matches brands with a highly curated network of production companies and content creators to ensure you have the best creative partner to produce videos that resonate with your target audience. Are you ready to get all the creativity without any of the baggage? Get started at QuickFrame.com.